We're just a couple of friends inside a refrigerator. Friends in the fridge. Fridge Friends Podcast. Fun when there's like a new person, you're like, just put it like on your mouth. (laughs) Right on it. I talk so quiet on stage that I have to like keep the mic really close to me. I had to like uh miles matthews did you watch him friday night i didn't no, so good show. Oh, okay i gotcha yeah. he did so good and it was like the first time i saw him put the mic like really close to his mouth and it was like game changing perfect yeah like yeah <laughs> like, do that all the time you. yeah i had uh it was actually the first time i ever did improv it was oh like, shit uh, uh is that the um uh, was that kind of like the interview style one they do at watson's no okay uh, it was at watson's though gotcha uh improv insanity i think is Mm. the group that was doing it i'm not sure uh it was me and jake my it was pretty fun okay Uh, it was definitely uncomfortable though but (laughs) i think that's good for like stand-up it like brings you like closer to being comfortable on stage without like anything going on yeah i'm big into the joke writing thing so like I don't riff a lot. I don't do a lot of crowd work, and I've been trying to get better at that. So right. I'm like, yeah, I'll do an improv thing. It was me and Jake Myers, and then uh, two improvisers. Okay, I guess. improv dudes. <laughs> yeah, and do they, you know who uh, the improv people were? Uh, one of them I forget his name, and then the other one was Daphne, who works Daphne. at Watson. Did it have to be Nick Robertson? Yeah. No, it wasn't. Wasn't he, Nick? He was uh, sick, homesick. He was okay. going to do the show, though. He was supposed to. Uh, I forget what that guy's name is, though. Now I feel bad, too, because he, <laughs> like, asked me to be a part of their improv thing and, like, gave me his phone number and stuff. And I was like, yeah. I'm trying to think of who it was. Did he have dark hair, kind of shorter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've d- I was on the Drink and Debate show with him before two times, and I'm just, Fuck. I'm fucking, I don't know, I'm not very good with names. I'm not either, I've gotten uh, called out for it now a couple of times, too. Yeah, where yeah. people are like, I know you know me. At Mad, at Mad Sweet, even. So, uh, one of the bartenders, Paulina, I remember the name now. So okay. she came over and she was like, Brittany, can I get you anything? And uh, the person I was with was like, oh, that's cool, you like know her name. And Paulina was like... Well, she performs here, like, every week. I see her a lot. And then she, like, does... She asked me the worst question. She goes, do you know my name? Yeah. And I'm sitting here, like, shit, there's an audience of people now You listening. have an excuse for that, though. Like, oh, man. They don't say her name into the <laughs> microphone every night when the whole place can hear it. You, you still feel like I mean? an asshole, though. Like, when someone's like, what is my name? And you're like, I've seen you for months. Well, and... I feel like that happens to us, though. Yeah. Because... They don't do like the my name's this, what's your name thing. Yeah. Because they already know your name. Yeah. And she always hears it all the time. So they skip that part and then they're like, wait, you don't know my name? And you're like, at what point was anyone saying <laughs> your name? You know? I like but, make it a point now. Like when I see her, I'm like, hello, Paulina. Like I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I do it every time now for no reason. <laughs> Is that the same bartender that used to work at the lounge and yes. now she works? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I did the same exact thing with you her. You did shit. So now no, I was like, <laughs> she was like, oh hey good to see you and i was like yeah i thought you worked at the lounge this is why everyone says comedians are assholes this right here is why it's well, like, we're like i remembered her because i knew like her old work you yeah. know and a lot of people <laughs> didn't remember, know that I, like, yeah, I don't even drink and i remember the bartender but <laughs> i didn't remember her name 
I don't know if she remembered mine or not, but I remember saying, remind me of your name, which is like a nice way of saying like, I didn't pay attention the last. No, I remember it. I just need a reminder of what it is. It's just a clue of the whole thing. Yeah. But, uh, I guess they're trying to do like a new short, short game improv. Like there's like long or short form, short form. There's like long form improv and short form. I don't really know. Uh, but the short form is like, all the games where it has, like, a prompt and then a prompt, like, uh, gotcha. scenes from a hat, that yeah. type of thing, where it's, like, as soon as it goes dry, they have another prompt, another prompt, and uh, he asked me to join that, so I'll be remembering right. his name, I guess. At some point, at <laughs> uh, some point. But they did that, like, for the beginning of the show, and then me and Jake did 15 minutes each, and then we finished with improv that was supposed to be based on our stand-up, but they did that for, like, one joke or two jokes, and they're okay. like, you want to play some more improv games? And the crowd was, like, really into it, so we just did that for the rest of the show. Oh, jeez. Yeah, but... So, so which of the jokes of yours did they act out? Uh, just the, like, dog jokes. Really? Which I have a lot of different dog jokes, but they kind of just made it into, like, one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think... The the crowd was like not yelling out jokes they wanted to be acted out is why they like chose to go like to went something with else. Whatever sort of yeah. thing, yeah. Which I mean, it was fun. Yeah, but I wish I would have known more improv games because they're like, hey, you want to play this? And then like Daphne's like, yeah, let's play that. Let's get into it. And then they like start doing it. And they're like, watch us the first yeah. time, and then you guys can do it. And it was like. I just learned this like 10 seconds ago from watching you. That's like the same thing as asking the audience to come up, which they did. But <laughs> <laughs> it also happened. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like doing the improv before and then doing the stand-up like after it made the stand-up like so awful. smooth. Really? Yeah. No, awful. It, well, I had the worst experience doing improv and then stand-up right after. It was on a Sunday. Yeah. Was it a Sunday we did that? It was not a very big audience. It was at Watson's. It was their uh, um, Up Close and Personal show. So okay. improv the first 20. Yeah. So like, kind of, no, no, no. Apologies. Interview. Panel style interview. It's Eric Cole, Marina Wool, me. And they're We're interviewing interviewed. you? Yeah. Or, so or all of you guys? All three of us is like panel oh, it's like style. the Tonight Show. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. If Except the for like show 15 like, people. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're all sitting there, we get our interview questions, and they're like, okay, let's do improv now. So the improv people go out and do that. And then, then there was stand-up time, so I went out to go do my 10 minutes. And the worst part was like, I mean, like the improv people, they did their best, right? But there were like maybe 10 people in the audience, yeah. you know? Like just not a lot of sound in general and so that's i'm like for like all performances it's the worst for mean, improv is like they really rely on the audience for most of their Desperately. shit and yeah. so so then they were like all right that did not work go team and i go out there and i start with a 9-11 joke just to just yeah. you know ease into it and then it just kind of went down from there well and- if the <laughs> improv didn't go good at the beginning of the show then you're kind of like save the day but you know it, was, like, it uh, was very much like a are we all just gonna bomb now, right now? Okay, cool, got it. <laughs> uh, see, there's like 60 
people okay. who pre-bought tickets to that one, and then there's more people who came. So, so it was that like would be a, a good time. It was pretty full. That would be a good time. Especially for Watsons, and I was like, okay, this will be cool. And the reason I thought the stand-up went so smooth, because we did have a little bit of problems. I know Jake had some problems during his set with... Once you do improv, the audience thinks they can just yell shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, like, that's a weird thing. But the reason I thought it went smooth is because I'm super uncomfortable with the improv thing. So once I was done doing that, and then I'm like, oh, I already made you laugh with, like, shaky stuff I was just making up on the spot. This is my hits, you know? Sure. So I felt, like, way Dude, more I've comfortable. Seen you, I've seen you off the cuff, and I, I swear some of your stuff that's off the cuff is just as good, if not sometimes better than your written. I'm like, pretty I've good. Seen it, I've seen it hit a few times yeah. where I'm like, okay, dude, like... Some of your stuff that stars align perfectly, and I've seen really solid. I super appreciate that. And like, I'm, I'm really solid. Usually pretty good about coming up with, like, an opener joke Just off the quick, cuff, and it goes good a lot of the like time. Burns. But I feel like there's yeah. some people who are, like, really yeah. good at burns. You are one of them. <laughs> I, feel I love like, roast comedy, yes. too. Like, every time I've done that, I had a blast. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah that, would be a, that would be a blast. The only downside to that is when people, like get offended or take it too personally and you're like i was just trying to like get laughs like i don't hate you and everything you're about that was just I for fun i yeah. don't know that i've seen someone get offended yet or oh i, I was a part of a roast well, as where a, someone as like left a, in the middle of the a comic left? yeah oh shit yeah Damn. i mean it was kind of a rough situation to begin with because it was like teams it was a me versus jake myers the jake off the jake off yeah okay and then reese was on my team and they used to be married so that was like a weird dynamic but they talked about it we talked about it they like went out to lunch and we're like all right we're not gonna make jokes about any of this stuff that's off the table i see we're just gonna have fun which is cool but somebody else who was on jake's team is like had a past history with, like, being roommates with Reese or something, and they kind of took a low blow mm -hmm. at her, and then she, like, went for the gold, and then he was like, that was really fucked up. I can't, like, <laughs> that, that, his retort to it was like, that was really fucked up, really personal, I can't believe you did that, and I'm like, nobody except them knew what was going on, which makes it really awkward. Like, the other comics didn't even know what they yeah. were talking about. And then she was like, yeah, you're right, I fucked up, and then just left, and I was like, oh, damn, like... Shit. After the show, I found out what it was about and everything and was like, I kind of get it now. But just so you guys know, no one else thought what you guys were yeah. thinking like during that. I was going to say, know? like, you could, like, make stuff up. Like, I'm going to be on uh, Yeti's roast yeah. eventually. I don't know who he is, but, like, the fun part is that doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can, yeah. <laughs> for sure. You can, Some of the best roast stuff is just, like, appearance-based or, yeah. like, their personality Yeah, you don't need you don't need to go behind enemy lines to get yeah. material. Yeah, well, and that's what made this one weird is because it was, like, there was topics too yeah where they're like all right make fun of this and go and it was like i would start the mic and jake would start the mic and then you could have people come like tag you in or whatever okay which is a cool dynamic that's kind of fun but all the topics weren't like look at what he's wearing or like how you know do he has a beard or whatever, you know, appearance sure. stuff. They were all, like, personal stuff, like, who's a worse husband? Who's a... <laughs> <laughs> so it got, like, really personal right away. And I, like, tell all my shit in my stand-up. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I had already done stand-up before that, so the crowd already knew a bunch of stuff about me. 
and then they kind of got tired of that being repeated. You, you can know? you can also but, like tell right away when someone's on stage and they just don't have any fucks to give to. Yeah. And so like I feel like you're kind of that way. And usually that makes it so it's like everything's fair game because I don't actually care about this. Like this is just yeah. fun at yeah. this point. Well, that's I mean, especially open mics. Yeah. Like, why are you going if you're not gonna yeah. have fun? <laughs> like it's fucking so humiliating to yeah. not at least have fun. No, I think I, for me personally, uh, I think everything should be on the table for roasts at least. Like I feel like if like don't go to one. I th- yeah, don't, I think if you if you don't want to have anything come up, don't agree to be on. But yeah, once you're there, it's you like, gotta you, have a thick skin. For you gotta it. be able to, but that also gives you permission to like dish it out, dish whatever it you right back say, yeah. out. Like I don't know, it'll be fun. Yeah, I've I've did roast comedy three times. That one time against Jake. Mm-hmm. Then uh, there was like an impromptu one that I did on LJ's birthday. Oh, fun! It was like me and LJ roasting each other. And then I did uh, Jeremy Nelson. I don't know if you remember him. I remember him. Yeah. Yeah. When he moved away, they did also impromptu yeah. style roast at like uh, the Monday Mad Suite. Right on. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, I think he left right about when I was, like, just kind of starting out, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you haven't been doing comedy that long at no. all? No. Wow. Like, I haven't hit a year yet. Wow, that's yeah. super impressive. <laughs> Thanks, I mean, it, it, your stage presence and, like, confidence is super good. And then, of course, everyone's a fan of your joke writing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I mean, all of it is an act, obviously. Yeah. But, like, it's a, it's a lot of fun. But I had a really good time, um... I was basically just lurking at Idaho's Best last year, just kind of, like, watching everyone and, like, kind of seeing, like, what is in the scene. At that competition. Yeah, and Jeremy Nelson's, his joke with, like, shrooms and all that, like, that whole bit is just so solid. He's just, like, super good at doing, like, a story that doesn't sound like it's material at all. Yeah. And just laughs come rolling in it without you knowing where they're supposed to come, where the punchlines yeah. are or anything. It just sounds like a dude talking to you. Yeah, he's who's really, hilarious. Like, he was really good that way. I have a hard time not making my jokes sound like jokes mm. and like doing story. Like if I do a story, then I have to like fill it with jokes. I don't really tell a lot of stories that are just funny on their own. I don't think traditional storytelling is that funny. Like, I know a lot of people, (laughs) like, honestly, like, most of, like, the best, like, storytelling comics, I get bored listening to them. Like, I really do. Um, I think it's just, like, a preference thing, too. Yeah, I I like a lot of storyteller comedians, but, like, only, like, ones who've been doing it 10 plus years. Super good at it, you know? But you can also kind of predict where, like, especially once you start doing, the, like, the writing side of it, yep. you can predict where they're, like, pumping jokes into the story to, like, keep you engaged in it. Well, and then, like, you add, like, physical comedy in with it. Like, I really like Eliza Schlesinger. Mm-hmm. Schlesinger, I always mess up her last name. I think I, everyone does. Yeah. I never want to host <laughs> she, she goes by Eliza S. now for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I really like how she'll tell a story, and obviously there's punch-up and there's jokes and all of that. But then she'll even bring in her improv background and, like, yeah. motions, body movement. She does voices. She does, yeah, like, here, all of it's like... there. And I think she's incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, like, it all feels like so much effort, whereas you have someone that's, like, 
Sam Marill who can just stand and hold a microphone and say the funniest thing. Yeah. And that's all that's needed because the words are enough. Yeah, their styles are dramatically different, mm-hmm. though. Like, I don't think I've ever heard uh, Morell do a story. No. Yeah. I don't think so. Not I mean, really. Besides, like, so on the way here yeah. the other day. Like, <laughs> or, like, grow, uh, growing up type story, but it's it's usually, like, a minute or less or something. Yeah. I try and keep my jokes to about a minute or less, too. See, I, I lean into that pretty hard myself as far as, like, keeping the bits really short. Yep. Sometimes I'll have, like, I have a couple chunks that are, like, five minutes. Like, if I'm going to yeah. do this, the whole thing's five minutes. But it's not five minutes of one story, really. Right. It's a bunch of jokes, like, stuffed into that five minutes. But it doesn't really make sense as one-liners or couple-line right. setups. It's like but... a, a thread, basically, that you kind of, like, carry through. Yeah. Okay. When I feel like uh, that goes back to the, like, improv thing, is like, I'm not super comfortable with that. But I know I can write good jokes. Not everyone's going to laugh at your jokes. Right. But if you have so many of them in there, it's like, oh, you didn't like that one? Here's another one. Here's yeah. another one. <laughs> like, yeah. That's true. And then true. you don't have to worry about, like, any, like, pauses in it or anything. Because it's like, if that joke only hit, like, so hard, the next one's, you know, the next laugh's in 15 seconds. So it'll yeah. start bringing it back up unless I just completely lost them. And then, <laughs> fuck it, right? And then, I'm finishing this anyways. Yeah. I'm still telling these jokes. You still do the pauses? Like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> Obsessively drink in between each failed joke. <laughs> yeah. Hey, some people have bits about that. This is true. This is true. Uh, so how long have you been doing comedy? I know you said like, yeah. it hasn't been that long, but... I'll hit... I'll hit one year at the end of April. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's so, coming right up. That's coming up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I see you on tons of shows. You're on yeah. uh, Bad Parents Show with Bad me. Bad Parents Show. That was fun. Yeah, that was you, a lot of fun. I, th- I had a lot of fun with that. It that's was like a, a last crowd. minute ask, so I didn't think I was going to be on it, and I was super stoked to yeah, do it. That was fun. And that was then uh, Mom Jokes, and you were just like a recently semi-finalist in Comic of the Year, right? Uh, I didn't make it to the comic of the year on. I won Meridian's Funniest Competition, and then I made it to round two of Oh, uh, that was comic the one the at volume one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I won that one, but did round two of comic of the year. And I'm so fucking pissed. I, I really thought that, like, I'll just do all dark jokes, and this is going to work great. And yeah. it just didn't. <laughs> I was going to say, I knew you were on the comic of the year. Thing. Yeah. It, it, I got knocked out the very first round. That was, so, a, I mean. that was a tough one. That yeah. was a tough I mean, it was solid lineups every single night, though, is the thing. Like, getting your getting beat by anyone at that point is, like, fine. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> walking into it, I was like, I could pick seven comedians I think are funny. Right, right, right. So. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm excited to see how it turns out, the final four, too. Yeah, that's going to be wild. That'll be fun. Um, let's see. So it was Jack Wheeler, Chris Sharma... Miles. Greg Sisko and Miles Matthews. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's going to be a great show. I'd love to see Miles make it through. He, like, it really, I know I'm biased because ex-Mormon and all of that, but mm-hmm. his ex-Mormon bit that he did Friday was amazing. Everyone, so I went he to that amazing. comedian game night thing, but I missed yeah. everyone set on Friday for that because I was at the improv thing. Gotcha. But everyone was talking about that Mormon bit, and it I was, was like, so I have never good. even seen him do it. Is it, so was it good. new for the competition? I've heard him do pieces of it before, like just broken up. Yeah. But hearing it all together was like really awesome. Yeah. yeah. He's going to be on the Jack Mormon show, too. So I'm going to oh, be doing cool. that one for Crystal as well. Sweet. So it'll be sweet. Yeah, that'll be a super fun show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mormon jokes do really well in Idaho. Oh, yeah. Like a, 
shit ton of Mormons or people that know Mormons or ex-Mormons oh, yeah. and like. Well, I think I've read some, like so many different articles too, where it's like this generation right now, like that's one still in high school or starting like raise kids of their own. We're the mm. most like non-denominational, non-religious generation in like several different generations. Oh, like, for sure. Go back, like this is the most prolifically non-religious generation ever, mm -hmm. and. A lot of it comes from religious trauma. Like, yeah. there's people from... Want access to information. Yeah, I mean. internet. There's <laughs> like, the internet. Wait a minute, dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this timeline doesn't really add up. Like. How the fuck did Jesus turn it into wine, though? I just need to know. But, like, yeah, like, I think people can relate to just the craziness of religion, regardless of how it goes. And yeah. so... Like, all of my religious jokes, they're Mormon to start with. And then mm. I'll tweak them to just Christian or Catholic or whatever people are laughing at the most. And we'll just shit on that religion for yeah. the night. And we'll but you have the personal experience oh, yeah. with Mormonism, so then yeah. you can draw from that. Just put like, all that right into a Jack Mormon show. Were you raised Mormon, like, your whole life? Yeah. So, like, in terms of, like, what, like, how conservative I was, and this mm -hmm. is 100% true. Not only was I raised, like, baptized, all that Mormon, but I was, like, married in the temple. Like, oh. I was, I was like, up there. You in, followed all the rules. All of it. I was doing 20% tithing at one point. Wow. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I went, I taught, the, I taught little children. You've seen me now. You've seen my comedy. Mm. I was, like, part of, like, helping bring up little children in the church and stuff. Like, wow. I was very, very, very Mormon. The most out of, like, a so conservative did you like watch the conference oh, yeah. twice a year oh, absolutely oh, oh yeah wow. uh, i didn't watch a rated r movie until i was in my 20s i didn't have any alcohol until i was like intentionally i always i've i've had been accidentally gifted like alcohol and stuff growing up because i always mm. looked older but um yeah no i was like wildly conservative that's crazy yeah <laughs> yeah you did you, no caffeine that too? Almost never. Yeah, almost never. Like, um, like very, very conservative. That's and wild. I I lived with a Mormon family for like a little under a year when I was in foster care. Okay. And they were like super Mormon, magic underwear, the oh, whole yeah. thing. You know. <laughs> that must have been wild. Yeah, it was super <laughs> weird. It was super weird because they, they like, try like getting you to like convert and stuff too. Uh, so that they're, like, legally not allowed to? But there was, like, a wink-wink, nudge-nudge. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, they can't say, like, you have to be our religion, but they're, like, like we we're will, all we'll going to church, you go to church, and you today. have to come we with us. We will hug you, if yeah. you want, they, could, only. <laughs> they still took us to, like, all the stuff, like, and made us watch conference and, like, go every Sunday and Damn. every Wednesday night to, like, youth group on Wednesdays oh, yeah. and then church on Sundays and everything. Because they can't, like, force you to be a different religion legally, right. but they're your parents temporarily, mm -hmm. so you have to do whatever they say and, like, go wherever they want you to go and stuff, so. Jesus. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was fun. That is a, did you experience, like, a lot of the, like, readings of like book of mormon and stuff like so you've heard i, I read the book of mormon they made you read it they didn't make me read it i'm like fascinated with religion i actually have book of mormon up there and like the pearl of great price oh, a shit. bunch of different bibles okay. uh not just like specifically like christian based faith though like all I, of them uh, yeah, yeah. i consider myself ominous which okay. is like i believe there's truth and good knowledge to be found in all religions 
but also that none of them are like, this is exactly how it is, and this is the yeah. key to heaven. If you do enough shrooms, you'll end up there. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, I know that there's, like, power in all yeah. wisdom, basically. Okay. And religions have good wisdom to it, but it's also, like, watered down with all these crazy rules that people made to, like, keep Get their pussy people. Power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, most of the time, it's the sex. Yeah, it's, it's always almost pussy. every religion, they're <laughs> yeah. like, it, hey. Do all this stuff, but also I get eight wives. Or yeah. Join my cult, but everyone gets to have sex with me. Correct. Yeah. That is the. Those are the tenets of religion. You you have to first establish how you're getting laid, mm-hmm. then how you treat people, and then what you can eat. So oh. if you can do those three things, you can start a religion. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds easier yeah. than I thought before. Done. Yeah. Easy. What are your like eating how? restrictions? How are you getting laid? How am I supposed to treat people? Done. <laughs> I think that uh it's interesting seeing so many young people just like not interested at all in any I love type of religion. I love it so much. Like my son, so he's six, and we've had this like running joke for years now. Like we'll drive by a church and I'm like, hey buddy, how about instead of like us going like to the to the Y or like let's not let's not do the play date, let's just go to church for a little bit. And he'll be like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go to church. It started off as, like, a joke years ago, and now it's gotten to the point where my son will be, like, he'll see a church and be, like, look how stupid. And I have to, like, <laughs> I have to, like, walk it back now and be, like, no, like, we respect everyone. I'm, like, raising, like, the opposite of a bigot now. Like, yeah. I, like this kid is going to, like, haze Christians <laughs> growing oh, up. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a balancing act for sure, but definitely. Yeah, I kind of try to, like, keep my kids open to, like, hey, you decide whatever you want to do. Yeah. But I will never, like, force them to go to church. Yeah. Or, like, my mom is Wiccan. Oh, damn. Yeah, so yeah, she, like, always practiced magic growing up and was, like, a part of a coven and a priestess and everything. Amazing. Uh, yeah, but also, even though it's, like, alternative religion, I still wouldn't be, like, I'm going to teach my kids that this is what you do. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, you can decide for yourself. I'll teach you different things that I've learned and tell it to you under the same umbrella as like the Odyssey and the Iliad. Right. It's like, this is all like mythology and there might be good wisdom from it. Yeah. Like just kind of presenting it that way. I think that is the game changer for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Teach it as like, this is a story that some people believe in or they just like. You know, yeah. or they just like the story. Well, some people just want to be part of the group or like part of the club. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I know a lot of people rely on religion as like a, a barometer for the community, you know, Usually. where they're like, our community's good because we're all Protestant or whatever. Yeah. They meet with each other on Sundays for church or for youth group or like Bible studies. And then it like brings the community together. Yeah. I respect that, but I think you can do it in a lot of ways besides just that. You yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, but, like, that concerns me because that same level of trust that we put into something, like, does it really matter? Like, there was this uh, poll they released that still the majority of Americans would not vote for a president if they mm-hmm. weren't Christian. Oh, yeah. Wh- why? Why? Like, at what point? I think a lot of people 
are like afraid, especially the older people, are afraid of like a godless society. Yeah. And they blame all the negative things of the youth on them not having religion. Where they're yeah. like, Jesus could save all of you people from fentanyl overdoses if you just went to church every Sunday. It's true. It's like, that would uh, fix the crisis. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it would have a lot of other crises. Yeah, no, you know? it would. Like, like, I just have no hope for that. Like, that, if it's still, even now, a majority still, like, we, we just need so many more old people to die. Yeah, there's a majority. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you there. On more old people dying. I mean, you know, free up lanes on the freeway and everything. I'm hoping for but, this next COVID variant, man. I'm, I'm <laughs> fingers fucking crossed. The majority of people, though, I think are older than younger. Yeah, they are. And then you can't really pull, like, a three-year-old and be like, what's your thoughts on Jesus? Well, I could, but I'm still allowed within, like, school districts and stuff. Yeah. So I think it just depends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. So um, I'm trying to think the next uh, the next show that you've got coming up. Um, I feel like I saw your name on a lineup. Are you on the tattoo? Or the tattoo one just happened, Yeah, right? I just did that one. It was at volume one also. How was that? It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm super into tattoos and artwork and stuff, so it was, like, cool to have a mixture of, like, two things I love yeah. in one show. how they incorporate tattoos into it? Or did you talk about tattoos? I did, yeah. And okay. some other people made jokes about it, too. But a main, like, selling point of that show being the tattoo show was that, similar to how the service industry show is, yeah. they, like advertised it at all the tattoo shops and two people so, who like do tattoos or get tattoos and then all the instead of like our headshots they just did pictures of our tattoos that's cool and they let us pick what one and then they put the posters up at all the tattoo shops one of my friends who's a tattoo artist like hit me up and he's like so i saw your poster for the comedy show like congrats on that it's like but why did you pick that tattoo <laughs> was like, what one did you do my fingers hell Which yeah it's super shitty, because I did these myself. You did? Yeah. How old are you? Uh, 20, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, at first, I, I've kind of changed them a little bit over time, because okay. I didn't used to have two rows, so maybe like 20 and then like 22 or 23. Uh, I have a lot of shitty tattoos. You, from what my, row did you start with? Here, So on your knuckles. Uh, the letters. You start with letters. Yeah. Absolutely, you did. Or no, I didn't. I started with... Uh, the symbols? The symbols, yeah. That's uh, interesting. The very first hand tattoo that I did was just this diamond on my ring finger. Were you dating yeah. someone at that point? The same woman that I'm with right now. Aww. We were married at the time. Still too. But I was doing like commercial construction so I could never wear my ring. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, this will be a cool way to like always have yeah. it on me without having it on me. And then... Over time, I was like, well, I already got hand tattoos. I might as well get more. Finish it off. Yeah, yeah. so then I did these ones, which is like the rest of the suits for a deck of cards. Yeah. Which I thought was cool because it's like a different kind of diamond, but it still like goes it together. Counts. It and counts. And I was like, that looks weird. Just this one. Did all those ones. And then I was like, I need some letters on there. That's how they say it goes. Like, you do one and then the rest come. I, I got this one tattoo, and mm -hmm. I haven't. I actually paid for a design from an artist that I really love. I've got it. Ready to go. I'm just such a pussy. It's like it's like a blackout tattoo. This one killed. What? I know. I'm <laughs> such a wimp. But I have this other one that I've designed. It would take. It's a half sleeve, and I just like can't bring myself to do it. I've I've bids. I have all of it ready to that's go. A, that's not a bad spot, like, but I mean, if this hurt you a lot, like, yeah. I mean, 
No, I think I, like... I did this one myself, too, and it's, like, in the same spot. I'm, like, trying to decide, like, would it... Like, how addictive is heroin? If I did heroin one time right before a tattoo, and I just wake up with it, be a done deal. I hear it's, like, pretty hard to get heroin now. Is it? Yeah. Because oh, okay. fentanyl is, like, real big. So is there start with fentanyl? Or... Yeah, that's what everyone's doing. It's just easier like, that way. Well, and it's, like, way more bang for your buck. Yeah. Mm. Well, I just need the one time. Yeah. So you just need, like, a little pitch. Well, I guess it depends if it's, like, a multiple session sort of thing. I don't know. Well, if you just tell them going into it, it'd be like, hey, I'm going to pass out for, like, 11 hours. Just Probably going to shit myself a little bit. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> just sweep up. They do, like, numbing cream, too, for tattoos. I did do the numbing cream on this. On that one? I'm so surprised by that tiny-ass tattoo. But, dude, it's, like, oh. right on the bone and, like, I don't, or whatever that is, tendon. I have a tattoo on my head. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Yeah, Christ. it's a bullet hole. You tattooed a bullet hole to your head. Yeah, not myself. I didn't do that one myself. Well, that's. I got over the doing tattoos myself, except this one. I did like a memorial for my friend. That's kind of cool. In my early twenties, I was Mm. like, I'm really good at drawing, and I was like, oh, I'll be a tattoo artist, but I don't want to go like get an apprenticeship because I have to work for free. Instead, I'll just tattoo the shit out of myself and like my friends and do garage tattoos. And I did that for a little while, and I was like, I should probably have somebody teach me how to do this if I'm going to do any more. And then I, like, went a long time without doing it, and over that time, my career in construction was, like, pretty good. Yeah. Started making more money, and then I kind of just, like, leaned into that more. And That makes sense. Maybe one day I'll get back into tattooing, I mean, but you say it's now like a, a all my nice tattoos, even. someone else did, so I feel like I don't want to, like, fuck up the streak, you know? <laughs> or just, like, tell people, like, I did most of my tattoos myself, and then just, like, let them see and judge That's themselves. my excuse for my legs, because yeah. I did them all on my legs, and, like, so okay. most people don't see them a lot, and yeah. then in the summer, I'm, like, wearing shorts, they're like, what the fuck? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it was, like, 22 with a eBay kit, you know? Jesus. Uh, fun times, though. Yeah, I uh, bet. Grandma May told me that you did, like, a design of a poster for him, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it didn't work out, but yeah. <laughs> the design was great. Thank I man. also heard that you are, like, that's what you do for work, is yeah. graphic design? I'm self-employed, I'm a web designer, and I'm a marketing specialist, so, like, okay. people will pay me and be like, what should I do to make my online presence better, mm-hmm. and I just tell them. Like, it's, wow. I quit my job. Uh, like in at the start of 2021, uh, I was where I've been working for marketing agencies for years mm-hmm. and quit that. The same type of thing, like uh-huh. personal marketing for well, like social media for eight, yeah, social media, web design, like anything that has to do with getting your website and brand out there. Mm. I've been working in that industry basically. Oh, okay, so yeah, like. Graham hitting me up for a little, like, poster design or whatever. Like, okay, sure, let's whip something up really quick. And then, like, dude, the guy... <laughs> I gave him one job. I'm like, all you have to do, export this thing. Just make sure you, like, swap out the text. I just, like, put, like, blah, blah, blah mm-hmm. in place of where he would put, like, what the prize is. Scroll on through Instagram. See my design. And then I see, like, Graham didn't swap it out. So it'd be, like, the grand prize, and it still says, blah, 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 <laughs> big fat Visa card. <laughs> like, message him right away, like, dude, you were supposed, like, you, that's the only part you had to yeah. contribute. <laughs> like, put the information you didn't give me you know in that the box I provided that for that literally you. everyone wants to know, should I enter this competition? What's in it for me? Nope. 
But yeah. yeah. That competition, like, killed our Wednesday open mic. Yeah. That mm. sucks. Well, it's kind of heading that way anyway, I think. Yeah. The new owners, it was, like, <clears throat> kind of split between them. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they wanted to keep doing comedy and didn't from the beginning. I mean, and I like, get it. If it's not bringing money, like, that's the... that's No the, one was going to that Wednesday no open one. mic. Well, yeah. and it's not exactly an awesome location in general to, like... Like, the parking's kind of weird. The location's kind of odd. Like, in general. Yeah. I, it would be hard to, like, be like, hey, I'm going to meet up with four friends. We won't all fit in the parking lot. But <laughs> yeah. we'll meet there and, like, cross our fingers. We get it. Like, I don't know. Park behind the store at McDonald's yeah. or something. I love that place because it's the first place I ever did comedy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. And, like, it used to be on Saturday nights mm. right before the late night one. Oh, so a little twofer. Go, yeah, you could, like, double dip. Yeah. And, I don't know. I, I really liked it a lot. I still like the establishment or whatever. Sure. But yeah. I'm definitely disappointed that we don't do comedy there anymore. I don't know what it's going to be like because, I mean, I know Kava still has, you know, they have their open mic sometimes. Yeah. I don't know that volume one will do. I don't like, think, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. Like, it's, it has the to The show make... there was really cool. Oh, I, I went to it. that competition once uh, just as an audience member. I mean, they pack it and out. At the competition, the one night that I went, no one was there. Oh, well, if it was the night that yeah. Snoop Dogg was in town, then absolutely. Yeah, 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 that would be the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was no, no audience there. No one was there. I went to the Snoop yeah. Dogg concert later that night, even. Like, I was like, can I perform first and then fuck off out of here? Like, I don't yeah. really. Anyways. But no, like, for their actual, like, real shows, they'll have their wine nights they'll bring up there. Like, they can. Yeah, there's that could tons of people. be a cool spot. It had, like, uh,. A full bar, yep. but when they noticed there was a ton of people, they started doing cocktail waitresses, too. So yep. people didn't have to, like, get up, walk in front of the stage, any of that stuff. That's what you I'm know? saying. Like, if, I mean, they if did, there was a place, they didn't have to. <laughs> if there was a place in town that was like, no, we're going to do comedy every single night, like... Well, Wise Guys is supposed to be opening location know. here. I know. it. So I, that should be comedy every night. I hope so. Yeah. That's going to be rad. They might only have, like big names coming in on friday saturday type thing yeah but their whole business is comedy so they're mm -hmm. not gonna do like what every other venue that we have right now does where they're like tonight we're doing comedy Trivia night, tomorrow music. yeah tomorrow's karaoke the next day yeah dinner and a movie or whatever yep i'm really hopeful i think i think that's like a game changer because I mean, for a long time, I was thinking that the only way to make Boise work for comedy would be to literally get your get your experience here and then move. Yeah. Like, get out after however many years you need to kind of get a your set. A few people have succeeded by doing that, too. Yep. Yeah. But I think with Wise Guys coming, I really do think that makes Boise somewhere that you could say, no, like, I got my start and everything here, and it was enough. I got yeah. my experience here. Yeah, you don't have to move mm -hmm. away to be a professional comedian. Yep. Yeah, because right now, even, like, the people who get booked the most and even do, like, road gigs and stuff, there's no way that you can make enough money to only do comedy in Boise. There's yeah. not enough venues. Not the enough venues yet. don't pay enough. Yeah. But the cool thing about Wise Guys 
is if you get past there, it's not like getting past at one of these other venues because it's a franchise. Correct. Yeah, so then you can do all the wise guys as soon as you get past there, and you get introduced Better to Better interfacing, yeah. yeah. Touring Networking. comedians coming in there all the time, and if you yeah. do a good set, they could be like, oh, you want to do this next show with me? Just keep doing good. Yep. It's a way in. Yep, that's, yeah. my, that's my hope, too. Plus, we get to see, like, way better comedy shows. Yeah. They uh, only have, like... Decent comedians mm-hmm. or arena comedians in Boise. Right. That's like, there's no middle ground. There's no, like, every Friday we have a show for 30 bucks. It's like right. $300 or local bar. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Which is rough. It's yeah, totally I know. Rough. I drove all the way to Salt Lake to see a Wise Guys show before. Did you really? Yeah. Who did you go see? Uh, Mark Norman, Ari Shafir, Shane Gillis. Oh, it was like... Ari and Friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like $30 to see five killer comedians. Do you, you see know? Ari's latest, Jew? Yeah. Oh, my oh God. yeah. It's so good. So, so good. good. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan of Ari's. I like the dark jokes and like the, yep. uh, I don't care what you think about what I'm going to say. Like, I really like that. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could tell, I could tell from your stand-up that yeah. you're like... I'm not shy. I'm all done pretending I don't think things because yeah, that's I what spent, Mormonism was all about. I spent my whole life really tiptoeing around those boundaries. So I think once I was done with all of them, I don't have any left at this point. So, yeah, that's kind yeah. of how I'm approaching it. That's going to be kind of enlightening, though, too. Like yeah. growing up with like all these like crazy rules and restrictions on you and then one day just being like, I'm not doing this I'm anymore. I'm done. Like completely. Like I think that's actually the craziest thing is I still, I still have to like meet up with people that I haven't seen in like five years, you know, five, yeah. six years. And when I do meet up with them, like, I'm like not a long the same. Dress and a yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> you know? Oh, Margie, yeah, glad you're still well, doing... your sister wives. <laughs> but no, like I'll meet up with people and, you know, we'll grab, you know, a hot cocoa because they don't drink mm-hmm. coffee. <laughs> yeah, the hot cocoa. But it's like 45 years old. You know, I'll be like, so what's new? And like, well, I've had like four more kids. And I'm like, that's amazing. They're like, well, what's new with you? And I'm like, well, I'm gay now. And I do comedy. And I don't live where I used to. And I don't work for the same companies I used to. Like, like everything's my, new. Everything's new <laughs> yeah. to me. All of the things are new. <laughs> so, like, it's um, really like, funny because to me it hasn't felt fast it hasn't felt like i have done anything fast it's always felt so like slow and like rebuilding my belief system and all of that but then when you meet people that haven't been part of that process they haven't really been close with you you realize like oh fuck like i okay it has been a very busy year (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh got it well do you think that you had like slowly built that up though over time or was it just kind of like an immediate i'm done well for sure so like the way the way that they'll describe this anytime you have what's called like a faith crisis is Mm -hmm. you have like this like shelf that you've been putting things on your whole Mm -hmm. life right so you're just like stacking these like books and these heavy things on this shelf going i'll deal with this cognitive dissonance bullshit at some point but not Mm -hmm. right now but eventually that shelf gives out and you have to address the mess on the floor. Yeah. And so like definitely there were so many things when even when I was a kid that I was like, mm, that's weird. And then like you just forget about it and move on. Yeah. And I think I think a lot of people have different things that break that shelf. But for me personally, I think the huge breaking point was just going like, holy shit, 
this is this is my life. This is what mm-hmm. they want. They want this really controlled person pumping out babies and living in this very quiet bubble the rest of their life and yeah. realizing like dude i'm only in my 20s that's bullshit like i have yeah well and having like some no, of the rules that mormonism and a lot of other religions have where it's like if you're this type of person just pretend you're not that yeah like you're not that's not gonna be successful forever right, right. It either leads to like crazy depression suicide or just like this surreal life where you feel like you're playing the part of someone else all the time. And yeah. And you're keeping yourself a secret all the time. Exactly. It's exactly that. And then the other reality was like realizing I'm sitting here in this church. I've got my newborn son in my arms. And this like old lady was like, how amazing. Like you did all of the things and you know exactly what the rest of your life is going to look like. And I was like terrified (laughs) like i'm I'm like holding my infant son and like looking at this perfect creature and i'm just like this is fantastic Mm -hmm. but i know that i can do so much more and make so much more for him by being more than this you know teach him so much more there's like a lot more to life than just get all of your ducks in a row once they're in a row Keep them from then getting just, out of that row. And then and that's <laughs> it. Just wait to die. Let's yeah. keep doing it. And when you're dead, now you're done. Like, like no. And so yeah. I think for me, it was that wake-up call that I really needed. Yeah, I'm super scared of, like, a boring life. Yeah. You know, where you're just like, every day is the same. Yeah. And the most exciting thing is, like, your favorite program on TV or a sports team or something like, I like that stuff. Sure. But if that's like the highlight of my week, yeah. like, what do I have to live for? Exactly. Know? Exactly. Or like there were legitimately some people like at church that would be like the highlight of my week is like getting to see everyone after church in the lobby. And I remember thinking like, Oh, yeah. that's not me. <laughs> yeah. I cannot wait to get home and not be around these people. Like that's, mm. Yeah. Well, part of that's probably because you didn't feel like yourself around those people. It was a factor. Like, it's I gotta get away from yes. them so I can be me. But then I'm not with all my friends. Yeah. So maybe I need some new friends. Yeah. Yeah, but some people. I mean, and I'm glad that for some people that's what they want. Cool, live your life, do your thing. But usually yeah. the issue is when you're forcing it on other people. Mm-hmm. So well, I think that's why there's such a dramatic change in religion is because people aren't accepting. Like, the next generation forcing things on the younger generation near as much. Because you can clearly point at different things, like, that have happened. As a young kid, you know way more than we knew as young kids. Yeah. And you can be like, look, I didn't just hear this from a kid at school. Here's all my references of, like, why this is bullshit. Seriously. And why so many, like, evil people have came out of this system. And I think that probably has a toll on it too where it's like how much can you take of like crazy sinister things being done from the leaders of the church before you're like this is more of a cult yeah this doesn't feel good anymore (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah i don't know i think there's a lot to it though like i was saying i'm ominous so i think that there's like good truths to like all different religions but you have to read that book for yourself yeah. You should also read all different 
yep. manuscripts, and then they all kind of point to a similar idea. Oh, yeah. And then that's where you get the knowledge from. You don't go, oh, I didn't eat pork all my life, so I'm good. So, you know? Sold. <laughs> good. Done. Done. Like, Heaven immediately. Yeah. Yeah. But I hang out outside abortion clinics and yell at people who are making, like, the hardest decision of their life. Jesus loves that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's his favorite. Yeah, I don't think they read the book. They just had somebody else tell them what it said. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, there's a guy that stands uh, on the corner of Meridian Road and, uh, what is that one? I think Eustick or something. Yeah, Meridian and Eustick. And there's this guy, every like almost every day, if it's good weather, he's got his little sign out there. Mm-hmm. And it just says, like, abortion is murder. There's not an abortion clinic there. There's no What's that guy? Yeah, he's just at an intersection and I literally have a sign ready to go in my office at home. And all it says is signs don't matter and as soon as I see him again, I'm just going to have that ready to stand next to him. I don't That's the best part Still of being over. self-employed. Like yeah, I do whatever the fuck I want to. Do. You got a lot of freedom. Yeah, I got a lot of freedom. Plus you probably designed an immaculate sign. It's not that pretty. It's just big nice thick letters is all it is it'll get the job done right yeah that's all you need effective marketing but yeah i i don't i don't understand that when people have to impose their beliefs on others yeah Yeah. well especially because like a lot of the doctrines that those religions are based on is not that yeah like don't judge people here we are judging everyone yeah don't hate people here we are hating everyone (laughs) you know i think that's why i do so many uh bits basically that kind of like tear people down that are in those positions like a lot of my jokes deal with like kind of poking fun at the people that usually poke fun at others yeah it's like a fun way of like sticking it to bullies i guess or whatever definitely that's like it's like enjoyable for me like my heart is so happy saying horrible things about horrible people like it it's healing i think yeah absolutely yeah that's that's another reason why i like dark jokes and stuff like that a lot is because I feel like if I can make you laugh at something mm-hmm. that no one's made you laugh at before, then I did the best job you can do in comedy. Hundred percent. You know, if I'm like hundred percent, especially if it's something you had like personal trauma with. Yes. You know, and then it's always been like a dark cloud in your life or something, and then you're like, whoa, like this person went through that or something yep. similar or worse or whatever. And they're joking about it to like a crowd of people. Why am I always like ashamed of this? Yeah. And then like from. In my head, from that moment on, they're just like, oh, I'm so happy now. Probably not. But at least it, like, opens the door to them being like, oh, this doesn't just have to be a bad thing all the time. I like to think that they try and, like, share, like, what we say with other people. Have you ever, like, heard someone, like, completely butcher someone else's joke? Like, an audience member? That's my favorite when I get to, like, hit me. Did you hear when they said this? And I'm like, finish it and fuck it up, please. (laughs) But... Yeah, like, I think that's that's the thing, is they get to go and, like, share that comedy helped. It's not even that they're going to remember the joke perfectly for themselves, but they'll teach other people that, like, laughing at something was nice. It yeah. felt good. Well, and I feel like as a comedy fan growing up, I got a lot of that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, look at, like, what this guy said. And then you, like, bring it to all your friends and, like, mm-hmm. talk to them about it. Or, like, funny movies. You're always, like, saying quotes from always. stuff. Always. Is because you're able to, like, share that one thing that was, like, the happiest part of your week with yeah. everyone. And it's not going to hit the same. No. You know? But even just a little sliver of it is, like, enough. Yep. 
I saw this uh, meme that was like, back in our day, we didn't have memes. We just like quoted the Chappelle show at each other. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. like, that was definitely. Scratching our neck. Like, you know. Chappelle shows, and it's like, height when yes. I was in the seventh grade. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it was like the perfect Chappelle shit show. ever. I was watching it every day, and then like, that was like, all the jokes in school were about that. Yeah. I would, and so my parents, they were not like, my parents thought they were really strict and they thought that they had like a really good handle on like keeping us like sheltered. And mm. I think they definitely did good up until a couple of things. Like they weren't very good at understanding uh, like what shows were and weren't appropriate for kids because mm. they didn't watch a lot of the stuff that like we would try to. Yeah. So late at night, I would sneak down to my basement and I would watch HBO specials when I was like seven or something. Like I'd be like, I remember watching Sarah Silverman when I was like a tiny ass kid. Mm -hmm. Um, Gilbert Gottfried. (laughs) I I have definitely, I can see how like I would have been shaped Mm -hmm. as like a young kid. But like that was my favorite thing is like sneaking down and like just watching really incredible comedy. Yeah. But well, it also probably felt like bad because you have like this restrictive lifestyle and then you're like sneaking and you're hearing these people who live a completely different life talk about that life and you're like in wonderment of it. Free internet. Like I was so good at finding like stuff I shouldn't. Like I found out that my elementary school library carried Chris Rock's book. Like, uh-huh. his book was called Rock This. Yeah. I remember, I think just for fun, I had, like, that pack of colorful highlighters they make you buy at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. I just went through, and, like, I, because I'm OCD, too, I'd, like, color coordinate each fuck with, like, the pink highlighter and shit with the yellow. <laughs> and, like, I for the record, I never highlighted the N-word. I just want to make that clear. Even as a kid, I was woke as shit. Well- I know. I mean, if you're highlighting all the other ones, aren't you kind of leaving that one out? No, because I, I knew <laughs> even then, like, nope, that's not a word for me to highlight. <laughs> Skip right over. <laughs> but, yeah, that's going to be rough in Chris Rock's old stuff. Too. Yeah, <laughs> no, all of his stuff, even. But, well, yeah, I mean, the, the 90s stuff is, like, yeah. more like a rap as basically, opposed to, like, basically. nowadays it's peppered in there, but it's not like Donnell Rawlings, where it's, like, yeah. every single line. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but yeah, like it, it was, it was always there. You just had to look for, you just had to look for it and like act like it was innocent. Like what? This was just in the library. Like yeah, yeah. So you were drawn to like Chris Rock's book at a young age. We didn't start comedy until just recently. Yeah, were you always like a big fan of comedy. Huge fan of comedy. I've been writing so in the different agency gigs that I've had, I've helped write comedy scripts. I've helped write like social media campaigns. Well, like for my real job, like what I went to school for and everything Mm -hmm. like comedy has very much always been part of what I've done, Mm -hmm. but I didn't actually think I was able to do stand up comedy because I, first of all, would never, I, one wouldn't want to be seen in a bar. That was Mm -hmm. the first thing I was like, I can't, could never do that. Um, but then after I left the church, it was kind of like that world opened and I did have like jokes that I've been writing for Mm -hmm. years and just in a little folder on my phone. Um, didn't consider doing anything with it until in the middle of the pandemic. And I was like, I wonder if I could do stand up comedy. I wonder if I would be good at it. And 
took a shot last year just yeah, to see. Yeah, the pandemic's when I decided to do yeah, stand-up comedy, too. Was, like, yeah. I started after the pandemic as well. Mm-hmm. But my thing was that I didn't realize that open mics were a, a thing. Oh, really? You know? Like, I knew there's open mics, but I didn't realize that, like, open mic comedy was a way to, like, get booked on shows. Yeah. And you could actually, like, do comedy that way and, like... Kill Tony podcast yeah. was my first introduction to, like, people getting success from open micing, and I was like, right. what? I definitely want to do this. Like, I, I can write jokes. I know I could be funny, especially for one minute. Like, I'm going to do yeah. this show. And then, so, before I turned 30, I wanted to do the Kill Tony show. I was like, I'm going to so- do that for my birthday or whatever. And then I started thinking... Well, a lot of people will bomb on that show really bad, yep. and they're like, it was my first time. I'm like, I don't want my you don't first want to go time in looking dumb. to be on, you know, like, the first time I do comedy in front of Vulcan Gas Company, you know? Seriously. <clears throat> so I started practicing a little bit, and then I was like, I'll see if Boise has any, like, local open mics, and then I can practice at one of those, mm-hmm. and then I'll know, like, from real people if this is good or, like, what I should work on, and then... I did my first open mic at Craft Brewers. I did pretty good, especially for, like, my very first time. Okay. And the people there were like, oh, there's this big open mic tonight at the Mad Swede, the late night Saturday okay. one. They're like, you have to go to that. And back then, they did a competition every every Saturday. They were the doing that for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I, know why they stopped. Yeah, why did it. they? Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. They're like, maybe mm, the host got greedy. <laughs> yeah, maybe they didn't like how one bucket would like fill up with tips maybe. and then theirs was empty. Or, yeah. Or it just like takes extra time. No, I remember. And, yeah, because I won one of those Saturday Saturday yeah, night ones. Riff, like one minute. Just um, one. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Know, like, yeah. Uh, so my very first time I got to do that. Like, uh, was my second time doing comedy, but the first night, because I went and did it at Craft Brewers. Yeah. I did it there. I got to do the bucket thing, and I was like, oh, this is sweet, you know? And I had, like, like this all is this easy. energy I have, it. I have <laughs> get my dreams like, in, like, three weeks. I'll just done. kill every time. Yeah. <laughs> Not the case. <laughs> no. Yeah. But, no. uh, I also fell in love with the idea that I could, like, keep doing it. Like, mm-hmm. all the ones they had here. And I started doing that a little bit. And I had some personal stuff go on in my family, some people pass away. And so I didn't end up going that December to Texas to do Kill Tony. Oh, gotcha. And I also got booked for a show in November, even though I started in September. And then after I did that one, I started getting booked for more stuff. And I was like, my new goal is to have like 10 minutes and then 15 minutes. And then like narrow that down to like an even better, um, you know, tighter, cleaner set. And then I just kind of changed my goals over time. Cleaner cleaner comedy or just like a tight set, you mean? Yeah. I mean, like not a lot of filler stuff. Like my first set. you want to do clean comedy? I I can never do clean comedy. (laughs) It doesn't work. (laughs) I might wait, pause. Like I'm a Jim Gaffigan fan, but that's not me. No. At all. And it would be super no. fake if I was trying that to be that guy. That would feel so weird. Like, but I just wanted, like, my very first show was 15 minutes. And mm. it was a month after I started doing comedy. And oh, I shit. maybe had five minutes. And I was like, yeah, give me that show. And then I'm, like, pretty smart and can memorize stuff. So I, it wasn't a hard time getting 15 minutes of shit to say. Right. But it wasn't good. Like, right. 10 minutes of those jokes I'd never do now. For yeah. sure. I will never do them again, you know. For sure. I hate watching that, like, video from that show, too. Oh. I'm like, what were you thinking? 
Like, there's a part in it where I was doing, like, a marching thing from the Marine Corps and, like, all this wild shit. I'm like, why did you think that would work? And, like, I'm barely getting laughs. But at the time, I was like, this, I'm I'm doing doing it. it. This is a real show. People bought tickets. And I'm like, people bought tickets to see you do that. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I mean, people pay more money for worse things, though. I mean, that that can't be that bad. I saw that at the improv show. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Uh, But it just changed my goals, you know? Yeah. I'm like, all right, I need a perfect 15 minutes that can be undeniable. You know, like, I could do it at any bar, club, or anything, in any location, and it's still going to do well. So, I'm still working on just, like, tighter jokes, Mm -hmm. and then uh, now I have, like, the goal of having a solid 30 minutes, because I have over 30 minutes of material that I've, like, tried out at open mics, but getting into, like, a cohesive set. Yeah. I don't want my first 30-minute set to be the same as my first 15-minute set. Right. Because now I know. Yep. You know, I can't be like, oh, I'm new at this. If I do, like, a sh- like 15 minutes of gold and then 15 minutes that I obviously made up that month and didn't practice, yep. then it's going to look bad all around. And mm-hmm. now I know also that, like, if you do good at every show you're booked on, that person will always book you again. Yep. And then it just keeps, like, kind of building and building from there. Yeah. I mean, so I started in April last year, and I didn't start coming to open mics until like that April. Like that's mm-hmm. when I did, but I, I came in ready. So I had 10 minutes ready to go when I did my yeah, very first open mic. Before you started at three minutes set, you already had written I had 10. already written 10. And, um, yeah. So like, I think after my second open mic, Haley was like, do you want to do comic of the month next month? And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And <laughs> I, like, legitimately had a panic attack. I was up against Parker Cron, Brett Haney. Uh, I think Jen Chastain was on there. Oh, okay. I think. I think, yeah. And then me. Uh, and I I remember just thinking, like, this is insane. Like, this is this can't be... Surely, you know, they, they're only asking me because, like everyone's out of town and it's summer yeah, yeah i don't, I don't you know, know. It's not, i'm like it's not because i'm summer. so funny after one month yeah, that, well, like, it's like because everything that you read going you had to have read stuff going into it too that like oh yeah expect to be awful expect yeah when well, i'm addicted to podcasts too yeah so like, like i said like kill tony is the thing that like introduced me to knowing that there's like a possibility in the open mic scene yeah. of like becoming successful yeah so, like, I've been listening to podcasts and watching podcasts for years, and then I'm obsessed with, like, stand-up specials mm-hmm. and then those people's life stories, and so, like, I know that even, like, Richard Pryor bombed, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, and they still do. Like, that's the other thing is, oh, like, yeah. well-known people still absolutely bomb, but... We like, have to work out the jokes. Yeah. And so, like, here I was thinking, like there's a fluke in the system. Like there's just something off, but I kept getting booked after that too. And Mm. I think what it boils down to is like, I I work at comedy really, really hard Mm. every night I spend, I'd say at least (coughs) an hour writing or tweaking or like messing with a joke that I've worked on a couple of times. I'd say at least an hour just in writing. Um, and every night every night yeah and sometimes more than that even like i'll go back and like i'll re listen to like recordings and like Mm -hmm. be like okay i lost the crowd here i need to tweak this yeah but like 
The and work definitely shows. I work I work yeah. really hard. And people that don't do the work, that definitely shows. You can too. see it and you can feel it. Like when they get up on stage, when it's like like I feel I treat anytime I'm on stage, whether it's an open mic or a show, like I'm there for a job. Mm -hmm. Like my job at that point is like these people are paying me to entertain them and I'm here to perform a service. Yeah. And so I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to present what I've been working really hard for. And, um, I get that some comics don't do, like, I, I'm blown away well, by it. A lot it. of comics don't do that. Like, they get up and they kind of almost... like, I write all my jokes on stage. Yeah. Like, how's that working out for you? Or the, ones <laughs> like... that, or the ones that'll get on stage and they almost like, like, they'll act offended that the audience isn't on board. Like, That's why are you guys laughing? That is funny. And it's like, it's because you didn't do your job well enough. Like, the reason why they're not laughing is you messed something up. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, there was something that you could have fixed that you didn't. Yeah, and there's different are. things about the audience, but like an undeniable yeah. fit an works undeniable, on every audience. Correct. It will, it will and that's why some of my bits I don't do anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's the part, like, I don't think I will ever be someone that will get on stage and, and just be like, you know... You What's guys, next? What's next? You guys yeah. tell me something. What should I talk about? Like, I, I couldn't do that. Like that I think the only reason you should be doing that is if it's, like, planning you into something else. Yeah. If you're like, do you want jokes about this or jokes about that? Like, yeah. I could see that. Choose your or own if it's, adventure. like, crowd work type stuff. But just, like, going up there, no idea what you're going to do, and then they're going to, like, make your whole set for you. It's like, that's yeah. not stand-up. That's improv. Yep. You know, and yeah. just tell them that you're playing a game where yeah. they tell you the funniest story in their life and then you get all the laughs from it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see like how just how like crowd work and stuff like that will shape into like comics like us. Cause like dark mm -hmm. jokes are really, I mean, you run such a risk with crowd work and dark material. There's yeah. like this crossover that like it can really put you in a weird spot. It can. I've recently been doing a, a like crowd worky thing at the beginning of one of my bits where I ask an audience member a question that I know no one's gonna answer. Okay. And then I go, It's okay, you don't have to answer. That's like part of my joke. Yeah. I already know that's the joke, right? But I've done it like four times or five times and one time the person just starts answering it like I don't give a shit. Right, I'll tell you I'm like, whoa, whoa dude, like <laughs> I probably should have just embraced it, though. But that's I mean, the, like, inexperience with, like, the improv and the riffing where I'm like, eh, maybe I could have made that funnier if yeah. I just had made that adjustment of, like, let's hear what this guy has to say. Let that be its own little laugh or whatever. Make an impromptu joke on that. Yeah. And then continue my bit of what I was going to say. Most of my stuff, though, I'll script out, like, the crowd work part of it too, where I'm like, oh, they're sad. either going to say this or that. And then that leads me into this thing. Yeah. Know? Or I'm only asking them this. So later on, when I say this, I can go, I already know you guys like that. Cause you, yeah, you know? that's smart. Yeah. yeah. But it's kind of cheating. <laughs> like it's I not, mean, but it works because they think you just made it up, but you definitely didn't. And I've done it like a bunch of times. Yeah. I'm always nervous that somebody's going to be like, Hey, you did that two days ago. <laughs> you know? I don't know that. I, I feel like for the most part, when you kind of call someone out from stage, they, everyone flusters. Have you yeah. know, like they struggle even remember their name. 
Oh yeah, like, they're they're not wanting to be in the spotlight. No, for sure. like there's there's a natural advantage to having literal like you're above someone, mm-hmm. literally on stage. You're t- literally talking down to them. You have this microphone. You're in this position, like even as nervous as I get, full panic attacks usually before a show. Oh wow. Oh yeah, but like that position of power going like I can make them think that I'm not nervous here and I'll make mm-hmm. that work to that advantage. Like that I think is where like you ca- you carry a similar confidence on stage too though. Yeah. Like well I'm super nervous though. Right. But like in no, the I beginning know. I had a yeah. few times where like I let my nervousness show more mm-hmm. and I'm like af- after that Mike and listening to the recording of it and stuff I'm like I'm never letting that happen again. Yeah. Like I'll never let them see that they made me nervous when I'm yep. fucking telling my jokes. Yeah. You know? That's that's the other thing with like material like I've got this one joke I do on uh Amber Alerts mm-hmm. like the the premise I heard that one. Okay, it's so, like the premise is like if you're in the shower mm-hmm. jerking off looking at your phone and then all of a sudden, an Amber Alert comes on. What are you going to do? So, that joke isn't funny if you're nervous. <laughs> that, joke, <laughs> that joke is... They're like, what is she going to do? It's like, <laughs> someone's like, wait, she has a child? Like, is that allowed? Like, you have to be so confident saying dark shit, or else it is uncomfortable for everybody. Yeah, definitely. So, One, people feed off other people's energy big time. Big time. And so they can tell, like, when you're not having a good time or when you're nervous or, like, yeah. uncomfortable, it's hard to watch that. And, like, when you ever see somebody, like, struggling, especially oh, if they're yeah. struggling and bombing, you're like, I gotta leave the room. For like, real. I don't think anything's gonna be funny. Yeah. If I have to listen to the rest of this, it's gonna fuck my shit up. Yeah, <laughs> I have vicarious diarrhea for some local comics sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, God, that is painful to it's, just experience. I think it's kind of, like, becoming a better scene, though. I mean, I yeah. haven't been in it that long. But the more new comics that do, like, super well coming into yeah. it, I feel like we've kind of, like, put the pressure on the ones who have been doing it a while. They're doing better than ever before because of that, because they're like, oh, now... There's game. There's game now. Yeah, you got to play harder. Iron sharpens iron, to use yep. a religious term. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and then, uh, the other thing is people that consistently don't do good don't want to be in that lineup of, like, when it's only five people out of 20, they're doing good. Sure, be one of the 15. Yep. It's not as uncomfortable. But when it's 15 doing good and five bombing, you're it's real clear when you're the, the five. 100%. And if that keeps happening to you, you stop coming. And I've yep. seen a lot of people stop coming or do it less, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that that pressure has, like, played a big role into that. I'm kind of hoping that like with the addition of wise guys in Boise I'm hoping in the next couple of months um I kind of hope to see another reset hit as well Mm -hmm. because I think one thing that the scene could use is another toppling of like tenure I feel like a lot of times um and I've seen this with like I've seen this with like other areas too that I've gone and done comedy but when someone will start with, I've been doing it this many years. Yeah. And like, yes, that is a, that is a thing. Like anytime you've had a skill that you've been working on for a long time, that's impressive. Mm. Right. However, it, I don't feel like it's always the thing you should lead with. I think it's like one of those things where like the tenure is something that's important 
if you also have the work that you're putting into it too. Yeah, it should be apparent in your work, I feel. In like. your work. Because <clears throat> the same thing is like when you're like, oh, this is my third time. Or, oh, this is my first time. It's like you're saying that to get them to feel some type of way about your experience level and judge you based off of that and your set. Yeah. Instead of just your set and then, you know, at the end you're like, yeah, that was my second time. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. Like, that's the confident way to do it. The passive-aggressive yes. way is be like, this is my second time. Go easy on me. Right, right. Or, I've been doing this 15 years. Or don't say shit. So, if you don't yeah, like no. this, and it's your fault, not my fault. That's the one that like, I have an issue with. <laughs> that's like, the well, one I have an issue with. Because I'm like, well, then you should know better. Yeah. Then you should, yeah. So, I've always been, like, kind of hesitant to tell people that I haven't been doing it long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can just not say anything. You can just choose not to talk about that. You can just do your material. That's yeah. always an option, too. And I've so had that's a few people on the show that were, like, I've talked to them about when they started doing comedy. And then they're, like, oh, and when did you start doing comedy? And they, like, didn't believe that I started comedy in Boise only and like didn't start somewhere else first and then move right. here or that I'd only been doing it that long and then they'd be like how do you like network with all these people and like develop it and everything and I'm like I work really hard at it yeah <laughs> and then if I do bad that motivates me to work hard yep. at it, not give up yep. I'm like there's no worse feeling than being like I bombed and that's a hundred percent my fault yep you know that is a that is a really tough tough situation i've i would say there's been i've bombed a lot <laughs> but, you have to yeah i've bombed like, a lot too <laughs> but like every single time i have there's always something really good to learn from it there's mm-hmm. always something like okay i know what to try differently next time yeah, yeah. well and i want to keep that self-awareness too where like i recognize this isn't a lot of laughs coming out of yeah. the room. Instead of being like, hey, I killed it, right, guys? You it's know, always, like, I see always, a lot of that, and I'm like, what are you talking about, you know? It's always fun, too, when it's, like, a topic that, like, I think it's hilarious. Like, it's it's just so funny to me, mm-hmm. and I'll giggle at it to myself. And then, like, realizing that what is funny to me, I'm like, oh, no, I'm fucked up still. No, I know <laughs> yeah. I know that. I just needed that reminder that, like, sometimes there are still inside thoughts that I need to keep. Or just, you know, as you develop and become, like, better and better, yeah. find a funnier way of putting it. Yeah. It's like, I have a bit I was doing for a while about my stepdad trying to kill my mom and then shooting himself in the head. Is this, like, like, an Eminem album or something? Like, I feel like this it is... It should be. It should. Yeah, it yeah. should be. But, no, it's a true story. Okay. And then I tried to make that funny. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't going over that great. And I tried yeah. a couple different, like, versions of it, and I got one that was, like, pretty good. But it was still, like, half the crowd would be like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? And then I'd get groans and stuff. And eventually I decided, I'm not going to do that bit <laughs> until I can, like... Be good enough as a comedian to make it funny for everyone. Yeah. Not for, like, the comics in the back row that are all fucked up. I know. Or the, you know, I one know. weird guy in the corner who comes to every open mic for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Probably because he has mental problems. Probably you know? this feels like Which family. Which is why he's laughing at, like, yeah. a murder-suicide joke. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that with time, like, given time we'll get better at making, like, even darker stuff. I know. Yeah, I've got... Which is the real fun of it. Oh, yeah. 
I've got a bunch that I'm working on right now that's basically another lineup of dark stuff. I want mm. I want another solid 10 minutes of just dark jokes. I do a lot of writing, and whenever I try to, like, not write dark jokes, I always end up writing a bunch of stuff that I'm like, this isn't going to be funny, this isn't going to be funny, and I never use it for stand-up. And then, at some point, I'll be getting bored with that, and think of some fucked up shit. And yeah. Be like, this is funny though. And then end up using it all the time. And I'm like, you can never write yep. clean comedy. I try, dude, I tried so hard. I actually, a quick shout out to Leslie Being. Uh, so I went to one of her writing groups with the intention of like, I'm going to write a clean joke. This is at the kava place. I'm going to drink some kava while I'm at it. Like, I'm going to get in the right headspace. I'm sitting there. I'm listening to their jokes. And, like, all I'm doing is I'm listening to them and coming up with ways how to make them dirty. And it's like, I, this is, <laughs> I'm not good at this. Like, I, I don't think I will ever be someone that can actually write clean. Were you good? Yeah, okay, I was okay. just seeing how much time yeah. we'd gone because it had been, like, quite a while. And yeah. I wasn't no. sure if we were running short or long. You tell it's been me. an hour, 15 minutes so far. Okay, yeah. you tell me if we're good then. Uh, yeah, we're good whenever. All right. I, uh. I always want to give an opportunity to my guests to like plug all of their stuff, though. Sure. Social media, websites, upcoming shows, any of that stuff. But this show is not coming out till February. That Probably works. the first week, maybe the second week of February. Gotcha. Okay, so then for that one, let me check my show lineup here really fast. It's still loading. Jesus. And in the meantime... Make sure that if you're watching this on YouTube, you hit the subscribe button. I have way more listeners and subscribers. Just log into the fucking account. It doesn't take that long to log into your YouTube account. Hit the subscribe button. It's a free way to help out the podcast. If you want to see my upcoming shows or links to my social media, jakeamartin.com. And in February, I'll be on the Riff Show, produced by Tyler Wolf at Mad Sweet Downtown. Awesome. I'll be on that show, too. Yeah. Yep. Be riffing. Uh, I'm going to be on Femme Fatale right after that. That's February 11th. And then... Also Mad Sweet. Also Mad Sweet. Yeah. Um, and I think after that will be the April Fool's show. April 1st. I'm going to be dressing in full clown attire as oh, well. another Crystal Moore another one? Another Crystal Moore one. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited. Have you seen her do her clown oh, yeah. stuff before? Oh, Super yeah. Super funny. Yep. I'm excited. She said that she's going to help me off my clown makeup. So She should fun. get Miles on that show. I think he is going to be on that one. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. He said that he's worn like full clown makeup before. Yeah. And he has that like super strong clown bit. He's bit. got a strong like... clown bit. Yeah, it'll be perfect. Yeah. It'll be perfect. That'll be sweet. And then if people want to like follow you on social media yeah. or see... Uh, Brittany.haha on Instagram. Okay. Um, my website's BrittanyHaha.com. I'll put, I always put all my shows there as well. So you can just click to it and yeah, that's basically it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being on the show Thanks for having and me. thank you to everyone who listened and we will be having a great lineup of guests coming in and we'll definitely be having Brittany Hargis again. Fuck yeah. Thanks man. Yeah. Thank you. Have a great night, everybody.